Hi and welcome to the 19th and penultimate episode of our first series of the Valencia Property Podcast. The last one next week will not be the last of course, it will just be the last of the weekly series before we go monthly. In the monthly series we're looking to go deeper into some subjects with more news, client questions and interviews, as well as more roundtable discussions, lifestyle features and much more. Now, today I'm actually talking to you from a car park in the car because I've been banished from my house and office because of all the banging next door where they're doing some renovations and I just couldn't get this recorded. So I came out and I thought, well, we're shady because it's a lovely warm day. So the Carrefour has got some covers for the cars and I'm under the, and at the moment there's not much traffic around, so it should be okay as regards the um, background noise. We're going to talk today about some of the things that we love and hate about living in Valencia and Spain. And also we'll be having an interview with Nicola about what attracted her to come to Valencia and the process she had to take from actually buying here, which she did back in 2017, to the point when she and her husband were able to come and live here, which is now, really. Firstly, though, as usual, we'll start with some questions from clients. And in this, you get a history lesson about solar panels, amongst other things. So Greg left us a voice note as follows. Hi Graham, uh, Greg here. Got a question for you uh, about the level of adoption of solar energy in the Valencia area. How common is it to have solar panels installed uh, and are there typically some restrictions imposed by neighborhoods? I'm thinking uh, HOA restrictions as in the US. And what about the tax incentives? Uh, can we hope for any help from the government? Thank you and keep up the good work. That's an interesting one, and you need to know a bit of the recent history of Spain to understand the current situation. So, let's dig down. Now, you think like a country like Spain with the number of hours of sun, areas with high winds and the capacity for dams and hydroelectric power due to the mountainous nature of the country would essentially run off renewables. But that's not the case, still. We're getting there, but it's not the case. Spain was relatively slow on the uptake of solar installations, and a lot has to do with government policy. So, in the early 21st century, the Spanish government, in its infinite wisdom, decided to promote the idea of solar connected to the grid. So you used the electric that you produced, but any excess went back to the grid. Great idea. Except for one thing. You essentially got five times more for the electric you produced than for the electric you used. This, of course, created a perverse incentive to produce a lot of electricity, and we started to see the growth of solar farms on people's land, with the idea being that you earned money from the electric companies rather than just electricity being used in the home and small excesses being sold back. Believe it or not, this was so popular that it created a huge black hole of billions of euros in the electric company accounts. Therefore, they used their lobbying position to get the law changed. Now, the PP were in charge in Spain at the time, and they were massively corrupt. And they slashed the amount you received from the production of solar, and imposed a tariff to connect up to the network, effectively stopping anyone from putting in their own solar. The sun tax, as it was commonly known, was probably the stupidest idea ever in a country with so much sun, where you need to produce renewable electricity. This change bankrupted a lot of people who had put their life savings into solar parks with the expectation of paying off their loans to build them in seven years and having between 18 and 23 years of benefits. They were essentially using it as a pension scheme. The new rules meant that the seven-year average time to pay off the original investment became 25 to 30 years, longer than the guarantee on the solar panels and the related equipment. Ouch. 
Suddenly, there were no more solar arrays being built, just at the moment that solar panels became much more efficient and cost-effective and more available to the masses. Around this time, the new government policy came out requiring all new builds to at least have hot water supplied by solar. This is why you see those panels and large water tanks on the roof of so many properties. A few years ago, this became a no-brainer for all current houses too, as the costs were more than outweighed by the savings. In the last two years, and especially in the last few months with the huge increase in electricity costs, self-supply through electric has become much more normal. The solar tax was removed by the current government, and it's now much more cost-effective to have solar installed to provide a majority of electricity for the house, as well as all hot water. Also, at a local level, councils are doing their best to help by giving grants to people installing solar panels, and also cutting council tax by up to 50% annually for up to five years for those installing solar panels. We've done that in our house, for example, and our council tax has dropped by half. The one difficulty is when you are buying a house that's either shaded or overlooked or an apartment where it's impossible to install panels. There needs to be some sort of incentive for communities to install panels, but the difficulty is with giving people an equal share of the electricity produced or the benefits from installing those panels. The regional and national governments are looking at how to overcome these issues to make more use of roof spaces for this type of development. So anyway, I hope that helps. We've been asked twice this week about the reserve contract. Is it normal to place a reserve to make an offer? The answer is, of course, it can be. Sometimes it is, but other times it isn't, which isn't a very good answer, but that is the answer. I'm currently holding two reserves for clients who have made offers, and I paid one out this week as part of the whole ARAS contract. In other words, the offer was accepted. 2,000 euros in this case, which I had, went towards the final ARAS contract and I sent it directly to the owner. Therefore, there are often two parts to a deposit. The reserve to make the offer and take it off the market, and the full 10%, or whatever is agreed, of the ARAS contract. The reserve is added into the ARAS contract if the offer is accepted, and the lawyer finds out that there is nothing wrong with the property. It's returned to you if the offer is refused, or the lawyer finds out there are issues. Why is the reserve asked for? Well, it's to stop you making offers on every property you see. Now, I know you, that's my listener here, wouldn't do that. But some people were doing it. So the reserve became a standard thing with some agents to stop people doing this because people were making offers and then not going through with the purchase when the offer was accepted because they'd already had an offer accepted on another of the hundred properties they'd put offers in for. If your offer is accepted, then it becomes part of the ARAS. If it isn't, then it's returned to you immediately. You must remember that. We're going to do a special on questions and answers in the next episode, so get your questions in. Send us a voice note like Greg did, or write to us. Today's subject, though, is what we love and hate about Valencia. Now, hate might be too strong a word, but we'll see. We've written before many times about what we love about living in Valencia and Spain, and we've even written about those little things that irritate us working in real estate. You can see some of the articles in the show notes. 
but it might be worth you taking a look at the 112 reasons to move to Valencia, or even our YouTube playlist of 100 things to think about when moving to Spain. And yes, I do look younger in those videos because they were done over 10 years ago now. Let's look at the reasons that individual people give about why they moved to Spain. But first, let's have a look at what people give as a general reason. We've got three or four general reasons and then we've got some individual reasons. The first thing is the concept of lifestyle design. At times, people decide that they need a change in their life. They do their research and decide that the combination of a thriving and good-looking city, an excellent climate and the outdoor lifestyle is something that attracts them. They add to this a relatively stable country with a respectful attitude to all people, regardless of age, race, interest, sexuality, and Valencia looks good to them. In many cases our clients can work from anywhere, so they choose the place that most suits them for their non-work time. The place they can do the most in, and get the most out of, whilst still being well connected, virtually and physically, to the rest of the world. Valencia often comes out on top. The next thing is the politics. Now, at the moment we could say, who's got it worse, the British or the Americans? Personally, being British, I would say the Brits have it worse. Just like a dog, Brexit is not just a crappy Christmas present. It's for life. At least Trump had a limit of eight years or impeachment, assassination, death by bad health, being voted out, or whatever came first. And of course, it was voted out after four years. He may still return for another four years, but that's the limit according to the American Constitution. Brexit is for a long time. The flood of clients escaping Trump and the situation he created, and Brexit, is never-ending. We've written about Trump and Americans before, and also various times about Brexit. Make sure to take a look in our blog. If you do a search in the top right-hand corner for Brexit, there are plenty of articles about these issues, and we've now put a search page on our menu on the homepage. Check through what we've written in the past. The next reason that people give, generally, is health. The Valencia region is said to have one of the healthiest climates in the world. We get a lot of clients coming here for health reasons, from arthritis relief, to people who previously had seasonal affective disorder, to depression, asthma, lots of things. The climate, light and warmth of Valencia has a positive effect on people who choose to come here to better their health. Whether it's for the beautiful landscapes of the interior of Valencia, or the lovely sandy beaches and sea views of the coast, Valencia just seems to make people feel better. These are generic reasons and can be applied to so many people looking to make a new life for themselves in Valencia, but we also get to hear people's individual reasons, and without naming names, there are events that happen in the world that mean Valencia looks like a safe haven and a good option for living and bringing up a family, and that's never been more true than it is currently with the situation in Ukraine. So, one client said to us, Americans and their gun obsession. Recently we've had a lot of American clients for whom the dangers of the USA have become too much, but one spelt it out clearly. For one client, the Parkland school shooting in Florida was too close to home, and the fact that their children were being asked to have a bulletproof vest and backpack as part of their uniform was the final straw. For another, the constant stories of mass shootings in random places, but especially one very near to their home a few hours after they had been at the mall where it took place, hit home very hard. The question they always ask first is, how safe is Valencia? Luckily we can give the answer that it's a very safe place. We don't even have the considerations about somebody might have a gun here. Next, the cold and the darkness. This came from someone who came from Vienna. Now Vienna is beautiful. I know it's one of my favourite places I've visited along with Prague. The weather in the summer is lovely, but the winters can be awful. 
A client last year arrived from Vienna where there was a grey drizzle and 5 degrees to 28 degrees in Valencia at the end of October. This meant pavement cafes, sunshine and warmth. It can't be overestimated the difference that that makes in people's lives. But there was one other thing that attracted him. The apartment he bought was double the size and half the price of something similarly situated in Vienna. This will be the first of a few he buys, he said. Next, well, I want to live with beautiful countryside within 30 minutes from the centre of the city, and essentially, that's what Valencia gives you. They said, I need fast broadband fibre, a countryside setting that's pretty quiet, easy access to an airport in the city, let's say half an hour max. This was a spec from a client, and their property in Nakara suited them down to the ground as it ticked every single box. The next came from a city in the United States that, let's say, isn't moving in the right direction. They were looking for a forward-thinking, left-wing or left-leaning city with ecological ambitions and solidarity. They were attracted to Valencia by the opening up of so many new bike lanes, the progressive relegation of the importance of the car, great public transport options, an open attitude to refugees, which has been evidenced even more recently with the reception for the Ukrainians who have arrived, and plenty of projects that showed solidarity with others. They wanted a city that reflected themselves, and they found it in Valencia. Another client said, I want a place of interesting young people. I don't want to go to the Costas. Our client could easily retire early. He was only 50, but he had, let's just say he had the funds to do it. But he wanted to do more things, start more businesses, and meet others like him. He didn't want to be in a place where the average age was, and I quote, waiting to be picked up by the Grim Reaper. But he did want to be on the Mediterranean coast and enjoy beach life. Valencia as a real city tick the boxes. Plenty of young people around looking to get opportunities and wanting to help others and work in business. Our next client said, I want an education in life for my kids. She wanted her kids to be more open, bilingual and to know more about other cultures. We often hear this as part of the attraction of bringing kids to Spain, but with this client it was front and centre. The most important part of their move was to make sure the kids grew up with a different attitude to what they were seeing in their home country, where things were becoming a bit toxic. You might be able to guess where that was. The next one tickled me, and <laughs> their reason for coming to Spain was two season tickets. And I love this one. As a reason for moving to Valencia, the fact that there are two first division football teams at the moment, Valencia and Levante, means that they get to see good and not so good quality football every week because one week Valencia are at home and the next Levante. And they paid just over 500 euros for those two season tickets. Now it looks like next season Levante will be second division as opposed to first, but at least they should be winning a lot more games in their newly roofed stadium. The next is one we hear all the time, but it's a specific UK client said, Rip off Britain is my number one reason. They were so tired of high prices to do almost anything that the last straw was when they got a quote of £1,800 for fixing a boiler that was supposedly under guarantee. Ah yes, but that particular part and labour are extra, they were told. The main reason they saw Valencia as a good place to come was that, was that there were so many free or really cheap options of things to do, even on the few days when we see rain, and that the day-to-day -day costs of living are extremely manageable. They compared that to the UK, where virtually everything now comes down to how much the owner can charge the people to spend their time there. And when things were free, it also came at a price, as all the drinks, food and extras cost a lot more than they would do otherwise. The next comment we had was, my wife and kids could no longer walk the streets safely. Walking down the streets feeling safe is an underrated superpower that Valencia has.
When Cairo, as it was in this case, becomes too scary for your family, then maybe it's time to move on. Feeling like a prisoner in your own home isn't a good look. And finally, retirement in Geneva wasn't an option. When you've lived the last 30 years of your life working with the United Nations in Geneva, and it comes to that time when you're thinking of retirement, you start looking at options. Now, buying a five-bedroom house in Laliana with a pool, large gardens, huge living room, lower ongoing costs and excellent communications beats a one-bedroom apartment in Geneva for the same price or more. When your whole family can visit you and you can still have space to spare, then it's a bit of a no-brainer. Lelian is a wonderful option being just 20 minutes from the city and airport and having plenty of excellent restaurants and cafes to enjoy. Every client has their own individual story and reasons why they chose to join us in Valencia. What's yours? If you enjoyed this, then feel free to share it with your contacts and also let us know your reasons for moving to Valencia. Send us a voice note. Our interview this week is with Nicola, who bought from us in 2017 and I met her this week as she was preparing her second property for rental. I was taking a look and giving some advice. We went into a few things, but as the theme this week is what people love about Valencia, I thought we'd mostly talk about what it was that attracted her to come to Valencia in the first place and what she has found Valencia to be like over the years. Have a listen. So today we're talking to Nicola who bought a few years ago here in Valencia. So uh, hi Nicola, um, what first attracted you to Valencia? Well we were initially thinking about buying in Barcelona but realised quickly that it was too expensive, too busy and really not very Spanish enough. I think a lot of people realise that. Yeah, you have to go there to see and then you make that decision. Yeah, the number of tourists is ridiculous at times yeah. in Barcelona. It's like being in London, in Leicester Square. So oddly and coincidentally, I bumped into one of my first cousins who I hadn't seen for 10 years in Edinburgh one New Year's Eve and told him of our plans to buy in Spain. He insisted that we visit Valencia mm -hmm. as we would love it and he was absolutely right. Uh -huh. So how long was it be between that visit or between that meeting and when you actually came to Valencia? We saw my cousin New Year's Eve and then we were here in, I think, February or March 2017. So it, was a, so it was a pretty quick decision? It was a really quick decision. I spent a lot of time on the internet. We ended up buying in April 2017 with a loose plan to eventually retire here and in the meantime to use it as a holiday home. So originally you were going to have it just as a holiday home, uh, but then with the long-term view of maybe using it for a living, yeah? Yes. But that's been brought forward, right? And your ideas were crystallised by a couple of things, I believe, uh, Brexit and Covid. Especially Brexit, that I'm not very happy about at all. The Brexit referendum result was, in my personal opinion, the worst thing um, to ever happen to the UK. It really split the country in two. My view is that it's a disastrous um, economic decision by the UK. And in fact, in a way, I think Covid will be... Will ends up proving to be less financially disastrous than Brexit in well, the long term. Yeah, I think, that, I think that's true. I think the figures are coming out now that the cost of Brexit on a daily basis are ridiculous. I think I said before that, uh, you know, when Brexit and Trump happened in the same year, and I, I said, Brexit's much worse because Brexit's for life. Trump was for 
eight years worst, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. he could come back. But really, Brexit is just, you, you've got to go generationally there. And that's just going to be an ongoing, uh, let's call it clusterfuck yeah. for, for the whole of the UK. And all our children and our grandchildren and great-grandchildren will suffer in mm -hmm. the long term because of this. Uh -huh. But you were lucky. You were lucky, yeah? Because you, despite the fact that the vote was in 2016, you only started thinking of this in 2017 or you started thinking of this because of the vote in 2016? The vote pushed us. To move forward you were thinking about it. it before then. yes absolutely thinking about it before then uh -huh. okay. we, we always had the idea that we would want to semi-retire to somewhere warm warm yes because you've got family from italy yeah okay and because of that we're second generation italians and so we all went there last summer managed to get a dual passport dual nationality and therefore we can now travel back and forth to any country in europe without a problem and we you can and you can stay for more than three months or so 90 days out of 180 absolutely days, yeah. so it's lucky for us but not so lucky for others uh, so now you're spending more time here yeah um you're essentially working semi-retired retired what are you doing yeah i'm flitting back and forth um to the uk because I've got family there. Um, I want my children to come back and forth to Valencia and I'm working remotely. Fortunately, um, I'm able to do that. And really it is because of COVID that changed the world. In terms of working, you don't have to be chained to the office for 12 hours a day. Yeah. You can actually work from anywhere. There's Zoom, there's FaceTime. And actually clients are happier not to have to come into London to visit you. Mm -hmm. Um, and they don't really care where you are as long as you provide a good service. Yeah, and you also you you live a cheaper life here than, for example, in London, of course. Uh, yeah. Commuting. Commuting <laughs> cost a fortune here. It's it's nothing. It's it's literally peanuts. Um, it is such a beautiful place, and we could have gone anywhere. We could have retired to Italy, where our families are from. However, Valencia is nicer. It's easy. It's it, it may not be totally crime-free, but there's so little, little crime. You're by the sea. It's just everything one could wish for. Mm -hmm. That's cool. That's cool. We get that from a lot of people once they get here, of course. Yeah. Because I say that all the time in the blogs and things, and people go, nah, it can't be that good. And it honestly is. Come and try it. Because uh -huh. you, you used to read our blog quite often uh, before coming over, yeah? Yeah. It was quite useful to give you the information that you needed. It's so helpful. I actually share it with other members of the family, just in case they would ever want to come over to Valencia, because it's so informative. Graham Company is the company to go to, and I don't say that lightly, and I don't recommend I didn't, companies. I didn't tell her to say Honestly, that. Honestly, he hasn't even paid me for this. <laughs> but he's in the know. Graham knows he has all the right contacts and the experience of it that he has, I don't think anyone else has in Valencia. So highly recommended. And again, I've not been paid for this. Oh, shucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, just one more thing then before we finish. Um, when, you, uh, when you spend time here, what does your working week look like compared with when you were in London? Change the office honestly from eight till eight that's in london yeah in london <laughs> yeah. yeah not here miserable 
But now I've got my phone, I can have access my emails, respond to clients promptly. And really I spend two, three hours a day on and off my, my laptop, but I work far more efficiently and a lot happier in a much nicer environment. That's interesting, with the, um, uh, with the digital nomad visa coming up this summer, potentially, it's gonna give a lot more people that option to do it because in theory, anyone from outside the European Union can come and work in Spain as long as they can prove that they can look after themselves, etc. And also the first five years, they're only gonna get taxed at 15%. Wow. Yeah, which wow. is an interesting one. <laughs> so Compared to what they do to us back in the UK. Uh -huh. that's... Well, we'll see what happens. The problem at the moment is not knowing what happens after the first five years. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, but I think people have been more likely to go down the long-term residency, permanent residency, or even citizenship after 10 years. Yeah, and, and Graham has all the contacts and, and can help you sort all of that out. Oh, thanks. <laughs> okay, perfect. Thanks a lot. I'm, I'm sure when you listen to this, you're going to go, oh no, that's my voice, like I do every single week. Hope you enjoyed that and of course it's all positive however i did say we would also tell you the reasons that we hate valencia or rather the things we don't like it doesn't get to the hate stage really so here we go firstly christmas food is crap i mean really crap the sweet stuff that is roscon de reyes is goddamn awful and will probably break your teeth when you bite into the king embedded inside it Polverones are the worst thing in the world, it's like eating the dried remains of your recently deceased relatives, and Turon is average at best. The shellfish thing on Christmas Eve is great, but expect to pay exorbitant prices for a few prawns the day before, if you don't plan in advance, and guess what, I never plan in advance. The second thing, it never snows. I mean, it does, just not in Valencia. Three times in 24 years so far since I've been here. You can find snow by going inland and up a bit. It's great because we never get it in Valencia and it's not too far away, but you do have to go searching it out. And speaking of weather, when it rains, it pours. It's really heavy mostly, although the last two months before this week, with the extended period of rain we had, the longest ever in my 24 years here, there were some times when it wasn't really pouring down. We just had showers and a bit of rain. However, mostly it was pouring down. The Gota Fria in the autumn can be biblical in scale, and at that point it seems like you've never seen rain like this. You have, but you just don't remember, because the last time you saw rain was a while ago when you've been living here a time. We often get two, three, four month stretches where we don't see any rain at all. The next thing, and this was pretty solid for everyone, was dog crap. And this is more about a complaint about dog owners not cleaning up the crap of their animals, as dogs can't read the signs saying, don't crap on this corner. And it's worse when it's on the corners, because you don't see it as you go round that corner. Most people are responsible, but many aren't, and let their cherished animal do its business anywhere. It's horrible. So anyway, I asked our team what they hate. Paul came back with slow walkers, and that's been exacerbated by the mobile phone where people, or more correctly tourists, stand in the middle of the pavement, looking down, or even holding the phone above the head and making duck faces to their Insta when we're trying to get somewhere. 
Dave's answer was mostly unprintable or rather unrepeatable, but then he did offer rich Dutch investors who always say they're here to buy 20 properties to rent out and then leave making stupid offers on one and never being heard from again. He also said paella pride is bad, that's paella for anyone who doesn't know, but paella pride is bad as it's basically arroz con cosas, rice with things. Jess said the lack of good properties, which was all about her last week's experience as everything seemed sold. And Gavin went with three things. Firstly, he said Peter Lim, the most hated current owner of a football club in Spain, I think, who's been destroying Valencia Football Club from within for years now. He then went on to school timetables, which isn't the responsibility of Peter Lim, but uh, it means everything stops for two hours or more, and then the kids return to school in the afternoon for an hour. It's okay if you have grandparents here, but it's not great otherwise. Gavin also mentioned shops being closed on Sunday, which I actually think is still quite quaint, but is really annoying when you need to get something and then realise, oh my god, it's Sunday. Maria didn't suggest anything, which probably means she loves everything about Valencia, I reckon. If you have anything you particularly hate about Valencia or Spain, let us know on our socials. We might do an article about it. As usual, we finish off the podcast with our recommendations for the week. Our recommended videos this week, well, it's our video series, all the things you need to be thinking about when buying property in Spain. I did this over a decade ago, but it's still evergreen. Also, there's a very interesting video which I looked at about why 70% of Spain is essentially empty. Take a look at that as well. Our recommended articles this week, well, they're all about loving and hating things in Valencia. We've got the 112 reasons to move to Valencia post. We asked why people move to Valencia, and that's what we used as the basis for this uh, podcast. And we even wrote tongue-in-cheek about the 17 worst things about living in Spain. You should take a look. And finally, our recommended property this week, well, we have a doozy in the Gandia area, which is a small hotel for €435,000 with 11 bedrooms. Could easily be somewhere to develop a thriving business aimed at people looking to get away from it all in a small village near the coast. Take a look at it and our listings on the homepage. And that's it for episode 19. Our final weekly episode will be coming next week, and until then, we look forward to hearing from you. Tell us all about your hates about Spain tell us all about your loves about Spain and also any questions because we're doing a question special next week. On my socials this week I will be asking you for more questions so expect lots of requests for that. Until next week the music is supplied by Ghost Drones and if you want to get in touch with us remember you can get in touch with information at valencia-property.com You can tweet me on at greyhunt that's G-R-A-H-U-N-T or you can send me a voice note or a message on WhatsApp, which is 0034 for Spain, 657-994311. We hope you enjoyed this, and we'll be back next week. You have chosen wisely. Goodbye! <laughs>